0: Hello and welcome to the Jazznet podcast, the independent radios podcast made for fans by fans and where the content is absolutely free. To, to the podcast and, and share it on social media when you can um, and if you're listening live welcome but it's also available to, to stream and download after the live broadcast um, on Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher and Spotify. Um, tonight joining me I've got Colin and Frankie. Good evening Colin, how are you doing?
1: Good evening David, how are you? I'm very very well, thank you very much. About a, bit, a bit, uh... I'm, I'm trying to take the, the relegation to a uh, guest while you're hosting well. I'm I'm thinking this is how Ali McCoy's felt when Mark Hately arrived at the club. Yeah. Just yeah. The blo-
0: they've, they've brought in the blockbuster host. That's it, that you know, brought,
1: aye. Brought, brought in the top man, Facy Milan, and I'm the judge <laughs> now. <laughs> okay. um,
0: we've also got Frankie with us. Frankie, how are you doing?
2: I'm very well, mate. Thanks. Uh, very happy after a comeback victory at Ibrox today.
0: Mm hmm. Just on that, I mean overall performance
2: thank you. What did you make of the game itself? It was it was fairly sort of huff and puff for us, really, wasn't it? With I think I thought we lacked a bit of a bit of urgency, a bit of tempo again today, unfortunately. There was maybe a bit of a, a hangover for, for midweek. I mean obviously we played really well for long spells in, in Portugal and we'll come on to that later. And you are kinda of hoping for the, the same sort of intensity today, but it, it didn't really come off again. I think some of our, our midfielders or our attacking midfielders didn't really turn up, to be honest. The guys like Aribo and Arfield were just sitting far too deep at times. Um, I thought Davis played quite well. Obviously, he got the sponsors man in the match. He did well, second half, particularly some nice long balls, but Aribo and Arfield never really got into it at all. Um, same with Barker and Stewart. I thought Stewart was okay. Barker was, was pretty quiet and I, th- I thought he was far too slow to react at times. Defoe worked hard, but was probably out muscled today. Other than when he he scored his goal, and uh, I think obviously we missed the, the penalty. So you're kind of thinking, is it, is it going to be uh, one of those days? And but I thought the the Defoe goal just before half time was obviously uh, was was key, and it was it was a great finish with the wee man. And then the second half, I thought we played a wee bit better second half, and. There was only one team deserved to win that the day and I was pretty pleased with the, the team's character. I mean, Tavernier especially, I mean, he missed apparently Didn't have a great first half, but I thought he kicked on a bit second half and it was a great cross for the the corner for Hollander to score the, the what turned out to be the winning goal. And I thought we did okay after that, too. I think uh, we didn't panic, we defended quite well. And uh, Motherwell never really looked like getting a, an equaliser after that, to be honest. And I uh, all, all's well, ends well, I think.
0: Um, do you think that's a game? That perhaps we would have we would have drawn last season.
1: Oh, I don't have any doubt about that, David. You know, I think on more than one occasion this this season we've we've had performances that were very very similar to some of the performances that we put in last season. But we've won them, you know, I think at Kelly the the opening, was it, I think that was opening game of the season. Uh, you know, we kind of huffed and puffed there, last minute goal, St. Mirren, you know, we kind of huffed and puffed a wee bit there. Uh, today, you know, and even at, even at St. Johnson, I'm, you know, we ended up winning 4-0 that day, but for the first half, we sort of huffed and puffed. Uh, I think today it was it was more frustrating because of the performance levels that we showed on Thursday. You know, I thought Rangers were excellent on Thursday night, and I know we'll come on and, and talk about that later in the show. But you know, when when you see a performance like Thursday night, you're you're expecting to kick on, and then you get sort of dragged back. And also think we've spoke about this before: the mentality side has a lot to do with it. You know, and maybe that is an explanation as to why they played so well on Thursday night because the expectation level is. I suppose you can consider it a bit of a free hit you know and so players are maybe a wee bit braver when you know the expectation levels aren't as much today after Aberdeen done their usual today and lay over and got their belly rubbed the Celtic up the road in Aberdeen you know they win 4-0 the pressure's on you know we've got to get the three points and I think that that's when you start seeing players sort of play within themselves a wee bit you know they're, they're, they're not as brave as maybe they would be uh, but the upside is, is what you've just said there, we're, we're still winning. It's it's no, it's no nice to look at, you know, it's the old win ugly thing. Uh, but that's the main thing. When you get these days, when things aren't clicking, it's as long as you get the three points. You just need to find a way to get a result. And we didn't do that last season. And so far this season, uh, we've done it. But I think the biggest fear is the, the sort of level of performance that we've had a few times this season. It's just a matter of time before we get caught out. Uh, but no, I think overall we're level with Celtic. Uh, they're ahead in goal difference, obviously. That's that's far better than we were at this time last season. So, you know, the proof's there, you know, that, that that we're in a far stronger place.
0: Um, Frankie, when you look at the, the league table and obviously we're we now leveling points with Celtic. Um, who do you think has the has a momentum and and is this gonna come down to the head to head with with Celtic in no Firm games this
1: season, do you think? Aye uh, I, I, I know. I think it. a lot of it will depend. I think you still have to say that Celtic, you know, they've won the last eight titles. You know, financially they're stronger. I would say the momentum's with them. If you'd asked me who the momentum was, was with when, when Rangers were at eight in a row, I'd have said the momentum was with us. You know, very, very difficult to stop a club on that sort of run. However, we're, we're, we're making a fist at. it. It might come down to the all-firm games, but I think it might well come down to who deals with the pressure eh, better at the time, you know what I mean? So I, I don't care what anybody says. Kicking off on the Sunday after the, your competitors have, have got the three points done on on the Saturday, that has an impact. There's no doubt about that. That has an impact on the mentality of players. 20, 30 years ago, everybody kicked off at 3 o'clock on a Saturday. So you were just focusing on, on, on your own game as a player. And you didn't really bother. You would maybe get, you know, we snippets here and there about what was happening elsewhere, but overall, you were focusing on your own game. Now, because of the TV thing, you know, games are played Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, if, if you play on the Saturday and get the job done, that immediately puts pressure on the team that's playing on the on, on the Sunday. So, I think that mentality thing might come into it. And on that front, you'd have to say Celtic have been over the course. So, uh, they they would maybe be considered favourites. But the one thing we've not done since we've got back into the top flight is ask that question to them. I don't think anyone's asked Celtic any real questions over the last sort of three or four years. We don't know how they'll handle it. And that's what we need to do. We just need to keep asking questions of them and and, and see where we end up.
0: Do you think we're therefore um, taken, Frankie, in terms of Celtic this season and, and the sort of squad they've got? And I, I suppose the fact that they've got. Neil Lennon and charge again, do you think this is, you know, do you think it's possible that we could, um, we could finally beat them, beat them to it this season?
2: Aye, aye, I mean, I think we'd be kidding ourselves if we didn't admit Celtic's are a decent team, um, and they've got a big advantage over us, as I think Colin just says, they've, they've been over the course before, they've won trophies, and they've won titles, um, they know how to do it, Lennon knows how to do it, um, for all his faults, and I know we, we all dislike the man. Um, he's he's a half decent manager. He knows how to motivate his teams, and and they, they get good results and the win stuff. So it would be foolhardy to try and suggest that um, we're going to steamroller past them. You know, I just I don't think that's going to happen. Um, however, we've got a much better team. Uh, I think we're getting better all the time. I think um, still got a lot to learn. Um, I think it's the same for the manager. There's some criticism still for the manager. I think to. In, in that sense. But I, I think we're getting there and I think the proof's in the pudding. I mean, I think this time last year we were seven points worse off. This time we've only lost one game in the league and we played really poorly that day. So we can't really complain. But generally we're winning games and uh, getting three points in matches where last season we were dropping points. So the, the, the progress is there. There's no doubt about it. And and I think the squad's improved. The squad's bigger. And I think we've got a better talent pool there. So I think we, we can we can certainly look to to offer up a much better challenge than we have uh, we did, we did do last season. I mean, you'll remember, we were still top of the league going into the winter break last year. So um, I think if we can get to that point again and still be in this position, hopefully even better, um, then by the time we go to Parkhead in um, the end of December, then I think I think we're, we'll all be fairly happy. But I think we need to go to Parkhead and, and win there. I mean, I can't remember the last time we beat Celtic ticket Parkhead. It must have been the best of 10 years ago. So... We now need to go and start getting a, a result there. Um, I think we we're unlucky in in March. Um, obviously, to, to have made a, a mistake, and we didn't get a, end up with losing a late goal, and if they're going down to ten men, but it was in our game. We could easily have won that if we took our chances, and we need to have that that belief. And I think that's that's that psychological um, self esteem is something that we, we really need going forward if we're going to win um, things this season, whether it's uh, cups or, or or titles. We really need to. To believe in ourselves and I, and I certainly do, and I think more fans need to do it. I think, um, I think we're kidding ourselves on if we didn't realize there are going to be bad performances now and again, or or players are going to perform poorly. That's going to happen, but as long as we stand by the team and support them, then there's no reason why we can't offer up a good challenge. And as Colin said, it'll be interesting to see how Celtic and Neil Lennon react to that.
0: Um, Colin, Frankie touched on it slightly there, but when you look at we're obviously coming at a busy Christmas period as well and but this week will be a good test of the of the squad. Are we gonna to have to see Gerard shuffle the pack a bit and the signings that he made, you know, like Barker and Stuart and these kind of guys, are we gonna see more from them? Do you think, certainly this week and, and moving forward in the league and in the cup competitions because obviously with Europe as well, it's a busy schedule and do you think that's do you think Gerard had one eye on <clears throat> these sort of fixture overload and, and, and
1: bringing a lot of these players to the club. I, th- I mean, I think that's that's part of the modern game, isn't it You know, the whole the whole two players for every position thing. I think there's a core group there that you would expect to see most weeks, uh, but you know, a lot of the periphery players, will, you know, there'll be a lot of commons and goings. I was a wee bit uh, surprised at the team today. I must admit, there was a few faces in there that I thought, oh. Uh, I, I, I always find Motherwell a bit stuffy, you know what I mean? And they're always quite physical. So I I, 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 I was surprised Morelos wasn't in there, for starters. i starters. surprised Ryan Jack wasn't in there. Uh, obviously, there might be something. He's, he's had a wee bit of a knee issue recently. And maybe he's looking at other games, as you say, maybe looking at the semi-final next week. But I, I still think, I, I saw a good point today. Someone said, you know, that, that Celtic never leave out. Edward, you know, he's, he's in the team most weeks. I think that should be the case with Morelos. I think it should be teams maybe, if you're going to bring four in, it should be teams maybe in the bottom six, you know, where you're a wee bit more confident that you're going to get a result. Teams like Motherwell, who can cause us problems, I'm not so sure about, but... Yeah, we need a big squad. Uh, you need to you need to utilise that at, at the right times. There's a lot of big games coming up. You know we've got the a real opportunity next week against Harps in the semi final. You know just getting to a final again. I think that was one of the the biggest blows from last season was that semi final defeat against Aberdeen. That felt like a real kicking the stones. You know you put it in a sort of. <laughs> Uh, as nice a way as possible you know I, you kind of wonder how the season might have panned out if we'd have got to that final you know I think that just took the wind out of everybody's sails a wee bit that, that result against Aberdeen and it's the next step to me it's I mean we got obviously we got to the Scottish Cup final in 2016 and we, and we let that one pass us by we've, we've cemented our place as a sort of second best team in Scotland now we've came back and we had a turbulent couple of years uh, you know finishing third Kinda of cemented that second place. Now we're back in Europe. That's two seasons in a row. We've reached the group stage, and we're performing well at that level. You know, obviously there's been a couple of things with game management and stuff like that. But overall, we're performing well and probably performing better than we would have expected. The next natural step is a trophy, and he's got an opportunity next week. So, aye, he's going to have to use as many players as possible. But I would, I would still want to see as close to his strongest eleven. Uh, out there next Sunday as possible if I'm being honest.
0: Um Frankie, one player that's been um in the team more or less every game I think this season is obviously James Tavernier. Um he's had a difficult few weeks and obviously today uh, missed a penalty. What are your first of all, what are your what were your thoughts on his performance today and in, in, in the penalty miss?
2: I thought he did well after half time. I thought he deserves and deserves some credit for that. I think um Obviously, missing the penalty was was uh, a bit of a nightmare, not uh, just for him, but for for us watching the game today because it was giving us a route back into the into the game where we weren't didn't really look like we were going to score. To be honest, just um, before half time in that period, they play. I mean, we had a lot of possession, but weren't really creating anything clear cut. Um, to Tav's credit, I mean, he he won the penalty, but up until then, I don't think he was really having a great game. And it may have been the case, it may have been better for him just to, to stand back and let Defoe or, or Barisic or um, there's two or three other players that would be more than capable of, of taking a decent penalty, I think, and just taking that pressure off himself a wee bit. Um, I mean, I, I did not think it shows a sign of weakness for a player to say, um, I'm not having the best of games. Um, I'm not in the best of form. I think somebody else should step up and and, and share the responsibility. And um, I, I think that would be a, a strength. Um, if, if if I'm honest, and um, I, I think he maybe should have done that today. Um, and, and saying that, I'm still fairly confident he was going to score. I mean, it's just not often he misses. Clearly, he's missed a few this season, unfortunately. And um, it was similar again today. It, just, it, it didn't quite strike it well, and it just knocked onto the post. And and it was it was really disappointing. Um, but after see after half time, I thought he improved. I mean, he, he, before the corner he took for Hillanders, when he he, he put in a, a poor one and. Again, you're thinking, let's get Barisic over there and 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 have an an inswinger. But to his credit, he stuck stuck at it and uh, I mean his ball for and it was fantastic. It was just perfect, driven in and uh, outswinging. any chance for the goalie to come and, and just landed right on you know, on Hollander's head and a, a great uh, finish by the, the big man as well. To his credit, certainly. So, it's a tricky one because Tav's not playing well, he's not had a good season, um, there's a few players, Arfield uh, being, being one, um, and, and I think that's the issue to be honest, I think it's the, the, the right hand side, Tav's not playing well, Arfield isn't playing really well either, so um, it's a sort of um, vicious circle if you like, the, the, the two of them are just um, no, working well together and it's, uh, it's affecting both of their play, they're lacking a bit of confidence in each other and, uh, and in themselves. I think and uh, and it's just it's, uh just me- meaning that they're going for for uh, one bad game to, to another and it's it's tricky because I mean you focus on, let's give Pulsar a chance or let Flanagan's fit again. But these guys they, they didn't offer the same as what, what Tav offers in terms of creating chances and scoring goals. I mean, fair enough, Tav not exactly been doing that this this season certainly not as much as as in previous years. So, and the argument is, if he's not doing that, then there's, he's not doing anything else. If he's making mistakes defensively as, as well, but I actually thought eh, Tav did quite well defensively today, especially late in the game, last ten minutes. Motherwell had a wee bit a go at us, and they got a bit of joy on on the left hand side. And there was a couple of times that the winger was was one on one with Tav, and Tav was sort of retreating, and the fans were getting a bit upset. And, he dealt with it well. He closed the guy down. The guy couldn't kind of get past him. And, and uh, as I say, maybe the, the, the glamorous stuff and the spectacular stuff maybe wasn't there the day, and they missed apparently. And for all that, it deserves criticism. I thought he knuckled down. And uh, and he sort of typified the, the, the fight back that we, we managed to, to do. And I think we'll have to stand by the guy. And um, I'm looking forward to when he gets back to form because when he does play well, he's a, a really important and key Part of our team, and and I think he, for what he's done over the last eighteen months, maybe twenty four months, it deserves our patience. And um, I, I'm a big fan of Tav, and I, I'm pretty sure he'll will turn it around with if the fans stay behind them.
0: Colin, what have you made of of sort of the reaction from the fans this season? Because obviously, it's seems to be is a bit of a can be a bit of a scapegoat, especially at Ibrooks Well a lot of the fans got on his back quite quite early on if he you know gives the ball away or whatever do you think he he deserves you know that level of scrutiny especially from the from the supporters or do you think it's just a case of you know fans are growing tired of him making the making the same mistakes and they have the right to, to sort of have a go at him I mean in,
1: in, in terms of James Tavernier, I think the debate around him is is a fair one because he's not been performing at all how fans eh, you know go about it there's there's different different ways and some are acceptable and some are not acceptable I, I mean come back to Aberdeen today you know Aberdeen getting beat off Celtic you know that immediately put the pressure on us I, I, I looked at my watch it was 10 minutes in to the game 10 minutes on the clock before I heard the first groans of, oh, for Foxy, all that stuff. You know what I mean? And the crowd, I mean, people say if you keep the crowd quiet for half an hour, they start to turn. It was after 10 minutes. And I think that's the way it's going to be. You know what I mean? It's going to be like that. If it's going to be an up and talk with Celtic, you know, fans are going to get impatient and worried and all the rest of it. And I, I don't think that's how we should be. I think, you know, we should try and get behind the team more. In terms of Tav, you know, I think players in general who don't perform well tend to to get it in the neck. You know, I think Rangers supporters have a a history of just picking a guy and and that's it. You know, Charlie Adam was one, you know, no matter what he'd done, you know, if he he made one bad pass, that was him. You know, the crowd were just waiting to get on his back. Tav's slightly different, you know, because he's performed so well for us over the years that, you know... I think some of the fans are a wee bit more forgiving. Some aren't. It's. I think that's part and parcel of it. At the game, you're going. You're going to get comments like that, whether you agree with it or not. That. That's kind of how it is. The social media stuff. That's totally different. You know, some of the stuff that I've seen named on social media. I suppose it's kind of similar to the Ryan Christie stuff. You know, after he got sent off for Celtic against Livingston. You know, that's when it's unacceptable. You know what I mean? That's when it's when it's personal and it's it's aimed at someone you're at actually telling that person, oh, I think you're this, that, the next thing, that's when you think, no, supporters are crossing a the line there and it's, it's unacceptable. Uh, I, I mean, in terms of Tavo overall, I, I personally think it's maybe time to take him out of the team. You know, he, I mean, he's performed at a high level and he's a captain and I get that, but I, I just look at the consistency and I think if this was Barisic, I said this last week, this was Barisic performing at the same level he would be out the team. And I... I <laughs> only played at at, at sort of amateur level myself, but, you know, you do hear people start to moan when some players are only performing, but they're keeping their place and other players are getting pulled in. And you you just worry about the the dynamic in the dressing room if certain players seem untouchable and other players are running out the the side all the time. I think, I mean, we don't know what the reason is for Tav not performing well. There might be something going on in his life outside the football. Who knows? Uh, uh, but I, I think the time has approached, or sorry, the time has come that we, we need to maybe just take him with the team for a couple of weeks, and and just give him a bit of a break and, and get him away from it because he's not he's not the player he was last season. He's he, he looks a shadow of himself. I know Frankie was saying that he sort of performed a wee bit better in the second half there, but I mean I, I still think he's way short uh, of his performance levels and and. What the reason is, I don't know. Uh, how fans vocalise that? There's an acceptable way of doing it, and there's a way that's unacceptable. And I think that social media thing is 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 the latter. It's
0: uh, question for both of you, I suppose. But Frankie, do you think that he should he should still be the captain?
2: Absolutely. I, I, I don't think there's any reason for taking the captaincy off him. Um, I mean, if he, if he drops himself, uh, drops out the, the team, then fair enough. Obviously, you're going to have somebody else's skipper, whether it's Goldson or Ryan Jack or or Stephen Davis or whoever. I mean, there's again, there's a, a few candidates, but I don't think there's any reason to, to strip the captaincy. I mean, Tav is somebody the, the, the manager clearly likes a lot. Um, um, I think the players like him. I think he's respected by the rest of the players. Um, I, Tav isn't somebody you'll see screaming and screaming at people on the pitch. And, people tend to think that's what a captain's job in it is, and it isn't. A captain's job is all about leading by example. And Tav, for all his faults, he's hardly missed a game since he came for us. He's always fit, always wants the ball, even when he's playing bad, wants to take responsibility, wants to take free kicks, wants to take penalties, wants to take corners. Other players would hide or would, would, would say, oh, I'm a bit injured, I've got a tight hammy, I can't play this week, blah, blah, blah. No Tav, he always gets stuck in. And, I don't think he's the world's greatest player. I think, uh, I think that's fair enough. Um, I think he's had a bad season. I think that's fair enough. I understand why people are criticising him and thinking he's rested or dropped or however you want to put it. That's fine. And I don't disagree, to be honest. I think it would be a spell at the team would be beneficial for the guy and, and maybe take the spotlight off him a bit. But the problem you've got is, in what game do you do you take him with the team? There's, there's there's too many games coming up just now that are important. We need to win. We need to win everyone the day. I mean... Sometimes years gone past, you can see it's my sonny Motherwell. I brooks. We'll take three or four off them. We can play the reserve team. You no, know, this season Motherwell. Motherwell played well. Obviously Aberdeen got them another the week there, which is fine. But other than that, they've done well. Motherwell this season. They're a dangerous side. I was, uh, wasn't overly impressed with them today. To be, uh, I must admit, I thought they were. They would have been a bit more expansive. I thought they sat a lot deeper than what I expected. Perhaps the the, the early goal or the the goal that the opening goal that they got. Uh, contributed that to a degree but um, they're, they're a strong team, they're still physical, they play some decent football at times this season, not so much today but um, so it's, you could argue you need your best players playing all the time and this and that's why Tav continues to play and the same can be said for our field um, as much as he's having just as bad a season, if not worse there's maybe no yeah, contributed to the us conceding goals or maybe no missing penalties but Arfield was was excellent for us last season, and this year he's, he's been off off the poor. So um, it, it can't all be on on Tav or bad play. You know, there's uh, you've got to ask questions. Of other guys, um, other players need to take responsibility. Guys like Joe Rebo he's not done anything for the last couple of months, six weeks. Arfield, we've mentioned um, that Greg Stewart was fairly poor today. They they to get into the game enough. Um, Kamara's not had a good season. Um so, as I say, it's, it's all, all well and good asking questions of the captain and, and, and suggesting he gets taken to the team. But I think, I think we've got to be understanding the fact that he's a key player and sometimes you just got to play through or run of bad form and we're kind of hoping and that he will get there. Um, and I certainly wouldn't be taking the captain so far. I don't think that would help uh, Tav. I, I don't think that would help the team. Uh, so I, I, I don't think that's the, the uh, right suggestion at all. Where do you stand on that one, Colin? Uh, I, well, my view on Tav as
1: captain, I was a wee bit surprised when he got the shout, to be fair. Uh, but I suppose the question you need to ask is, how productive would it be to, to change the captain? Now, I've I've been quite vocal on social media, you know, questioning whether Tav should be captain. And a couple of folk have come back to me with this argument, well, how, how productive would it be to change them? And that that's something you need to think about, you know, if, if we're in a in a fight with Celtic for this title and we are sorta of, the lesser of the two teams to a certain you know, Celtic are favourites and, and we're maybe gonna to have to go above and beyond to win this title, you know, would stripping someone of the captain say be conducive to, to helping that, that fight? Um I've been convinced by other people's arguments uh, that they're probably right that's probably know the best thing to do. Um, my own view on who maybe would make a better captain is probably Ryan Jack. But you know, doing it now, I don't know how good that would be. You would have to look back at previous occasions when Rangers have changed captain. Uh you know, Terry Butcher lost it to, to Richard Goff in the sort of early nineties. I think Rangers had such a strong side at that time. And Butcher was on his way out anyway. He was actually leaving the club. You know that we managed to get to get through that. The next one I remember is, is when Amoruso lost it to Barry Ferguson. and My memories of that is, you know, we didn't have a good season that season and the whole thing was a bit acrimonious and and not conducive to, to, to helping us win anything that season. So should Tav be the captain, in my opinion, I'm unconvinced. Uh, would stripping on with the captain say, help us, you know, try to win this title? No, I don't think it would. So based on that, eh, I I, I don't think it would be the the right action to take. However, I do think it's time to consider taking him out of the team, as I said earlier on, because I know other players aren't performing well. I I, I was going to mention Aribo tonight. That's one person I think is eh, struggling a wee bit. I agree with Frankie. Scott Arfield also just not up to it at all. Uh, Kamara as uh, Frankie said as well a wee bit iffy the difference between those three and Tav though is, is Tav's mistakes have led to, directly led to goals, you know what I mean there was t- the two in, uh, against Young Boys there was one last week against Harps you know the missed penalty of the day could have been crucial you know and his whole body language gone up to that before he took the penalty he just looked so unconvincing you know he just, he, he just looks like he's someone who's struggling at the moment uh, so, aye, it's it's maybe time to take him out the team. I, th- I certainly think it's time to take him off penalties, you know, and just get him focusing on other parts of his game. Uh, but would taking the captaincy off him help things? Uh, no, uh, I think if you're going to do that, if you're if you're going to look at changing captain, I think we wait to the end of the season and then then review it. Then.
0: Um, yeah. So. I actually agree with, with what, you've, what you've said there. I think for me, it's uh, I think Tavernier is a good, a really, really good player. He's going through a bad moment, but I think as, as Frankie said, he's always always looking for the ball. But generally, this season, I, I just struggle just to touch on this before we move on. Frankie, you mentioned that he there. I, I struggle when I watch him play to actually understand what he does for us in the midfield um, and I still think Arfield offers a whole lot more than than Aribo does and I actually think Glenn Kamara offers a whole lot more as well I think he's just going through a bit of a bad moment as well right now but who who Frankie do you think would be the the best midfield three for us because obviously we've got options there but we're struggling to find the right balance I think um, so who, who do you think are the strongest the strongest ones
2: it's a good question. Um I think Ryan Jack, obviously, um and, and Stevie Davis is your 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 first two picks. I mean, this season the two of them have been excellent. I think they've fed off each other quite well. And uh they're pretty different in terms of his style. I mean, Davis sits pretty deep nowadays and and that sort of quarterback role they've, they've defined it as and and, he, and he's he's really good um when he does that. And and I think we're gonna come and talk about the Porter game shortly, but also when he's Reading the game well and nipping the, the ball off the opposition teams—that's when he's at his best. Stephen Davis, and he's really useful. Uh, Jack obviously has been fantastic this season. Uh, I think I said last week's pod that he's been my player of the year so far, which just says a lot up considering what Marellis has offered this this season so far. But um, I, I thought we missed Jack today. Um, so as I say, you've got those two, and then it's a case—it it depending on the opposition who who your third man is. Um, I think I can understand why the manager, for example, has been playing our field in the deeper role recently. And I think he's done it four times now at Ibrox. And two to three times, two to four times, it's it's worked pretty well. Um, and the other two times, it hasn't worked quite as well. Uh, today being, being one of those games. and um, So at, at that point, you're kind of thinking, well, Aribo is the next man on your list in terms of, being able to to get through box to box because I mean, he's he's quick. I think we've seen that away in Michelin. He can get from box to box and he, he can, is fast and he's, he's strong and athletic. So he should be able to to be that sort of offer that dynamic nature to your midfield. But I, I think the problem with Ibo is obviously he's been at the team in a team recently, which hasn't helped uh, his, his development. But I think the the manager isn't quite sure where to play him either. And I think that uh, lends weight to to your question. I, I think. Sometimes we've asked Arriba to play a bit deeper. Uh, most recently, uh, probably today, actually, again, he was playing just far too deep. I think they tried to, to get him a bit further forward in the second half, and uh, he had one good chance just after half-time, and, and not too wide. maybe he should have done a bit better, but I think he was closed down quite quite well by the motherwell defender. But after that, again, he never never really got going. He never really got into the box, and didn't really beat, beat many. His body shape seems all wrong at the minute when he's receiving the ball he's sort of facing the wrong way and taking too long on his touches and doesn't really move it quick enough and by the time he's decided to move it guys have read what he's got to do and he loses the ball it happened once or twice actually when he, when he came on on Thursday night as well in Portugal so I think he's just another player as I say he's just suffering for him a, a dip in form and, and I, said, I mean we tried playing on further forward in the, in the Celtic match and I mean that game passed on by We sort of bullied at that game a wee bit in probably understandable. There's better players than him who have struggled on their own old-firm debuts, so I'm not overly, overly worried about that. And I think we've seen earlier in the season that he, does, he is a, a good player, a clever player, and he can play play in uh, midfield. And I, I'd like to see more of him, and I think we need to try and get him on the team somehow, but it's uh, another one. If he's not doing it, then you have to consider somebody else, and again, it depends on who, who you're playing. I mean, obviously, we, we um, when you're away to somebody like Porto, then uh, Kamara comes into your, your thinking, and just to so you're maybe playing a wee bit deeper and you want to maintain your shape a bit more. So, and uh, so at that point, I mean, you, you've got really sort of what four or five players that you're picking for three from. So it just depends. to your your question on who you're playing at any given moment. Uh, to be honest, so I, th- I think uh, it's it's not an easy question to answer, um, but it's it's certainly one that the manager needs to get. a, a his head round because it's it's something that's that's causing us a, a lot of trouble as our midfield balance not just with the deeper three but the the, the two guys that are sort of supporting Morelos, um as well. We need a, a bit more out of them as well. So it's uh, something that the manager needs to to uh, fix if we're to improve our attacking and play and start scoring more goals again.
0: Moving on, Colin obviously Europa League action on last Thursday night, you know, a good point at Porto. How proud were you of that, that performance um,
1: in Portugal? Oh, it was brilliant, uh, David. I, I just, just one of the nights when you feel that, that you know, we, we presented the very best to ourselves, you know what I mean? And, I mean, I spoke last week in the pod, I, I, I mean, Rangers have got quite a decent record in Portugal. You know, we've had some good results over there in the past and I'd sort of said that, you know, I'd, Suggested that we might get something out there. I really fancied their chances uh, when I saw the crowd, you know, when I saw how many empty seats there were in the stadium. It seemed to me that Porto were sort of treating the whole. I don't know if it's the tournament as a whole that they're treating with a bit of contempt because obviously they got to the quarterfinals in the Champions League last season. I think they view themselves as a Champions League clubs, uh, club, sorry. So I don't know whether it's the whole competition that they're sort of treating with contempt or whether it was just us, whether they just thought, oh, it's some Scottish team and we don't need to turn up. Uh, but when I saw the crowd I saw how poor the crowd was you know on the build up to the game all you could hear was the Rangers fans singing and I thought you know this actually feels like a home tie so I fancied our chances then and I mean the level of performance it's, a, it's the best performance I've seen for the Rangers team for, for a number of years uh, I mean we've done we've done well in Europe you know we got decent results last season against Rapid Vienna and obviously got a good result away at Villarreal as well uh, but we, we should have won that game on Thursday night you know I mean we really had the chances to win it and it would have been criminal if we'd have came away with anything uh, other than a point so I it was brilliant absolutely brilliant me and the boys sat and watched it in the other room uh, our neighbours <laughs> we've, we've just moved up here about a month ago into our new house uh, so our new neighbours certainly knew when Rangers scored <laughs> the other night because uh, I think the roof came off uh, we, we went that daft so aye brilliant and uh, just really enjoying seeing Rangers back in that arena, you know what I mean, and doing well. I mean we we can't forget we need to give Rangers credit on us. You know, as I said earlier, this team go to the quarterfinals uh, in the Champions League. And I know a couple of I know a couple of boys that, that, that follow Liverpool and uh, you know they go to a lot of the games down there and that was a game when they when they go past Porto in the quarter final, that was a game when they really felt that they had a chance of winning it. So aye, It's it's an impressive result and one very proud of you, I must admit, I enjoyed Thursday night,
0: it was great. Um, Frankie, when you, when you look at the obviously what we've managed to take from the first three games and we won against Feyenoord, obviously lost to young boys and then got a point in Portugal, do you think, even though we're a point behind where we were this time last season, are you more optimistic given that we've got two home games coming up that we can make it out of this group?
2: Aye, I am optimistic. Um two home games is, is, is a big bonus um, plus obviously Fiona are not exactly setting the, the header alight either and and um, I think we're more than capable of going there and getting a point as well if we can play the same way we did on Thursday uh, contain Fiona and look to, to hit them on the ketter and keep the ball like we did and, and create chances then there's uh, no reason why we can't get at least a point in Holland so um, the difficult game I think has got to be the return uh, against Portland in a couple of weeks I think, I think Portland will be looking to make up for uh, what they'll say is a poor result in, in performance the other night. And they will come to Ibrox looking to to win. Um, I think they they need to get, a, get at least a point as well. So uh, it'll be a tough match. and uh, We'll need to play the same way. And I'm, I'm hoping the, the crowd will make a big difference. And then obviously we've got uh, young boys at home as well in December. Uh, I'm going to be in Florida, unfortunately. And it's... um. It's a great opportunity that for us to to make up for to uh, drop in the the, the um, what should have been at least a draw in Switzerland a few weeks back as well. So yeah, I thought we're in a, in a good position. But like you say, but points wise we're not any better off than what we were this time last year. But I think performance wise we're, we're better. I think uh, as much as the two old draw in Villarreal was good. I think I think the overall performance in Porto was better. Um, Colin, like Colin says, we could have won it. I mean, uh, Mirellis was unlucky with his header that hit the bar that, that could have uh, resulted in us equalising quicker than we did. The, I mean, the, the, the goal we scored was fantastic. I mean, it was great football. And I think um, a lot of people have underestimated the finish for, for Marius himself. I mean, obviously, the, the, the ball for Barasich was fantastic and right into his stride. And I, I think most of us were probably saying hit at the end because it was such a good ball. He could have hit it first time, but his touch was superb, killed it. And because and and really uh, controlled it perfectly. Because if there was any further forward, the goalkeeper would have uh, shot him doing. Because it was hit really quickly the goalie, but not killed it. and Boom, right in the top corner, and it was a fantastic finish. And then obviously second half, he was very, very lucky with Barisic crossed that again. It was pinch perfect to the back post, and I must admit, I was at my seat. I thought he scored because he, he he caught the header so well, and you just think that's straight in, the, in in the net. But unfortunately, the goalkeeper took a gamble, went straight across that side, and and, and made a great save. It was. I think it was underrated, that save, actually, as well. Um, I think it was a really, really good save. And McGregor had made it, I think, we'd be talking about it for weeks. So it was a bit of pity. Uh, end of the game, I, th- I think, obviously, we made a couple of changes. Uh, Barker and Kent had to come off and, and Jack as well. And I think that after that, we didn't look quite as comfortable. We lost our shape a wee bit. And it does show that if you make subs late in games, it's hard for players to... To, to get up to speed quickly and to, to understand the, the role that we should be playing. And I thought we did struggle a wee bit for time to time in the last few minutes. And obviously McGregor came up Trumps with a, a fantastic double save and um, in the last five minutes or so. And but as Colin said, it was uh, it would have been a travesty if we hadn't uh, got a point because we, we more than merited that. And it was I would like to be proud of uh, for the for the players and for the manager because I, I didn't think there was many people who gave us much of a chance beforehand. And and we the, the players certainly, and after even ten minutes, I, I don't think we really started the game that well. I thought we struggled a wee bit on the left left hand side. Kamara was a bit wasn't sure exactly what we were supposed to be doing defensively. But once we sorted that, we, we really um, did very very well indeed. And you kind of hoping the last can take take uh, heart for that. And as I say, having two home games, uh, three the two games that are left is a is a big advantage, and we really need to try and uh, make the most of that if we want to qualify.
0: Um, Colin, it was obviously another vintage of well, Frederice performance. Is there any worry in your mind that, you know, given how well he's playing and how important he's been in Europe, that someone might be sniffing around in, in January looking to take him?
1: I, I I think that's it's been a fear pretty much since he started hitting the heights that he's he's hitting. You know, I mean I think we've, I, I expect him I expect he not go in the summer, if I'm being honest. I thought he'd done enough last year. Obviously, Uh, you know he's 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 record the red cards and stuff like that have maybe held off a few suitors so to speak but uh, the one the one good thing that that goes in their favour with this thing is he's he's played in the the Europa League and you know so he's cup tied so you're kind of thinking what clubs would maybe be looking at him but I suppose even you know a team in the sort of bottom half of the Premiership would maybe be looking at him so when they really impacting them, I would hope that you know that Stevie Stevie G would be able to sit him down and he done it with Suarez. You know when he was at Liverpool, he sat him down. I think Arsenal offered the forty million and a pound, thinking that, that it sort of opened up you know the, the 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 buyout clause in his contract. And Stevie G was able to sit him down and say, "Look, stay for one more season and you'll get a Barcelona or an Real Madrid. That's the level you're at. You don't need to be going to an Arsenal." You know, they 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 know they know any better than, than the club you're at. now you can go a wee bit higher than that. So you're kind of hoping that for the sake of six months, because I think if if he doesn't go in January, then I think he will go next summer if he keeps up this current form. You would like to think that, that Stevie G would be able to talk him around and hopefully, you know, we'll still be in a title race, uh, and we could still be in the Europa League. You know, so there's there's that kind of carrot to say, look. Just finish the business here and then you'll get your move in the summer. Uh, but it's always a danger. You know what I mean? It's always a danger. But, you know, at a club like Rangers now, where, you know, if a, if a semi decent offer comes in, then I think it's almost a certainty that it'll go. But we'll just have just have to hope and that, that that doesn't happen. Because I think uh, he's been so vital to us this, this season that it would be a big dunt and maybe one that we would. Uh, struggle to recover from.
0: How much would you take from that interest?
1: Well, this—I this, mean, this is a thing. Right? You know, I mean, it's like we we're talking about Tav earlier on, You know, and you know, statistically, last season, everything about his game—you know, his passing rate, his appearances, especially his appearances. You know, his passing succession rate, his goals for everything. You know, he outstripped Tierney. And Tierney's, you know, weighed into Arsenal for 25 million. Now, I know if Tierney's played at the Champions League and all this kind of thing. But I also think he's got the hip of a, 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 an old man. You know, I genuinely think there's worries about that boy's fitness and, you know, how many more years he can play at the top level for. So, you know, up until the last few months before Tav hit this blip, you know, I'd have been arguing, well, Tav's as good a player as Tierney in my book. So I would be looking for 25 million for him. That's probably been a wee bit optimistic. I don't know, but that's just how my mind works. And for, you know, for someone like Tav, I mean, I mean, how much did uh, Dembele go for? You know what I mean? Tav is performing at that level. He's performing, you know, they're talking about how many millions for for uh, Eduard if he gets the move. You know what I mean? Morelos is matching that. Morelos is beating that. You know what I mean? I know he's not won, won, a, won a, a championship yet. He's not won a trophy yet. But in terms of his goals, in terms of his overall performance, I don't think anyone can deny that he's at the very, very highest level. If it, he must be at least considered in the top three in Scotland. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, and to anyone to sort of knock him back and say that that's not the case, it's just absolute nonsense. So if you're, if, if you're going to use... Tierney as an example, then, or even someone like Ryan Kent. We had to spend $7 million to get Ryan Kent. Now, who's the better player between Ryan Kent and Morelos? I don't think there's much debate about that. So, it has to be at least 10 $15 million, at least that, before I would consider letting him go. But we'll see what comes. I, I think people know that Rangers are a wee bit up against it financially, and I think clubs will always use that. You know, they'll always undercut. You know, I think Celtic are in a stronger position in that sense. You know, they can sit there and say, "Well, this is how much we value that player at, and we're not letting them go until we get that amount of money." I don't think Rangers have that luxury. You know, what I mean, Rangers might value Morelos at twenty million. I think if a club comes in with ten, twelve, thirteen, the club might buckle. Uh, but time will tell. But I'm hoping Stevie G can can work his magic and, and talk
0: him around. Um. Yeah. I, th- I think I think ten million would be would be an absolute joke if we even considered that. I think I think we're more. I'd, I'd be looking for twenty million for him. I don't know what you think, Frankie, in, in terms of a figure, but I think for me, I'd be I'd be looking at the twenty million mark at this stage.
2: I think it's at least twenty million. It has to be more now, to be honest, because he's he's improved this season. He's excellent. He's scoring loads of goals. He's improved his overall play. His link-up plays better. He's coming deeper and deeper areas and doing better with the ball, using the ball better, bringing other players into, the, into the, uh, the game. That was something he didn't do as well as what he's been doing this season for sure. So you can see the default is, is learning on that and and so that that improvement and the level of improvement, the, the level is he's, he's scoring his goals. Um, I mean, that's Porto away he's scoring and then he's scoring goals to actually against Legia to, to to put us into the. Uh, into this group stage. I mean, he scored a to Bern. This guy does it all the time. Now, he's, he's fantastic. He really is a, a world-class player. I didn't use that that description. weekly. Um, he really is a, a really good player. So I, I think it's at least 25 million. I mean, last year we were wanting 20 million for him. So you've got to ask for more now, especially in January. I mean, and 25 million is not a lot for... English Premiership team. By by all accounts, I've heard today of a couple of people that Man United is now interested in them. Um, they had scouts at the game during at uh, the Hearts game last week, and I, I believe they had a scout at the game during the week there against Porto as well. And some they reckon it was other players were looking at, but I'm am told it's um, it's money else they're after, and he might well go there in January. If they're wanting somebody else, so as as I say, if if these are the level of teams that are interested, then then it should be at least twenty five million now. No but frankly, Frank, surely,
1: surely it comes down to, you know, as I said, Celtic are in that position where they can hold out for the money. You know, how much did we spend on Morelos? A
2: million? A million and a half? Uh, that, that's, that's all well and good. I'm not I'm, denying that. I mean, I, I think if somebody come in and offer 20 um, in January, I, I think we'll be taking it. I mean, Morelos is on a fair whack now. We've renewed his contract twice. So he's on, a, he's on a very healthy wage. Very healthy wage at Ibrox now. You'll be our best. I, I, best I, I best just player. think. I think
1: even fifteen million. I think if anyone offered fifteen million, I think the board would buckle.
2: No, I, I don't think so. I don't think we're, we we need to accept low ball offers like that. Um, if we can win this league, I mean, that we don't even need to necessarily win the league this year to get into the Champions League next year. Now the the the, the uh, coefficient status is that much improved by Rangers and Celtic results this this year so far. There's a chance that we could finish. Higher, the 15th or higher in the coefficient table, it means they second place. We've us into the Champions League qualifiers. Clearly, it's, it isn't an easy task to to get into the Champions League with, with three or four qualifiers. We've seen how difficult it is to do it in the, the Europa League. But um, that's that's big money. Again, so 15 million is nothing. We, we, there's, there's no way that we're going to accept 15 million for money also. It'll be the minimum 20 million, no doubt about it. We're knowing that dire straight yet that we have to accept low ball offers for who is a fantastic player. Yeah, I
0: agree. Um but moving on, Colin, obviously Ross County midweek, but you've got hearts in the in the League Cup semi-final next Sunday. How, how important is it for us to to get into that final this year and go go a step further to last season? Uh
1: oh it's right oh, but before we we talk about the semi final in terms of Ross County First team I ever saw, by the way, when I, when I stayed in the Highlands. I think I was about four. So I've always had a wee soft spot for them. But uh, obviously, want Rangers to win on Wednesday. In terms of next Sunday, it's kind of going back to what I said earlier. You know, it's the next step. You know, it's what we need to do. I think we've seen more evidence today, you know, that no one, no one is going to stop Celtic other than us. You know what I mean? So if Hearts win next week and Celtic get through, at Celtic winning another trophy because are not going to stop them. You know what I mean? It's down to us. We need to take on the challenge. We're the only club that can stop them. Uh, and, and and putting that to one side, you know, it doesn't matter who we meet in the final. We, we want to be winning trophies again. That's kind of, I've been doing a wee bit of digging about for a, a, a wee side project that I'm doing now about, you know, Rangers in the 70s and stuff like that. And there was a period that, You know, Rangers went about four years, I think, between 1966 and 1970 when they never won a trophy. And Willie Waddell arrived at the club and sort of tried to turn it around. And the the turning point in everything, in in all Rangers' favours, you know, after Steen had arrived at Celtic, was when Derek Johnson scored in the League Cup in 1970. You know what I mean? That's the game where things start to turn. You know, they won that tournament, and two years later, they won the European Cup Winners' Cup and then they win the Scottish Cup in 1973, and then it gradually builds up to to, to winning the title again and uh, around about 75, I think it was. So, obviously, we don't want to wait another five years to win the title, but to get, to get into winning trophies again, we need to do it as soon as possible. And we should have got to the final last year, but I think a lot of the season kind of fell away a wee bit after that result. It, it, I thought it was a real sort of, you know, as I said earlier, out kicking the stones and it, it really knocked us back a wee But I've never known a, a, a support leaving the ground so frustrated and angry that day. I mean, everybody just couldn't believe what had happened. You know, it kind of felt like we were destined to get to that final and it didn't happen. We need to get to a final and we need to win a final. And reading, doing that wee bit of research that I'd done, you know, it kind of felt as I was reading it, I was kind of thinking, this feels similar. You know, we've went a number of years without a major trophy now. Uh, we need to end it soon. And it kind of feels similar to when Soonas arrived as well. You know, Soonas the League Cup has, has been quite generous to Rangers over the years. It's been quite generous to, to various Rangers managers who have came in and needed that first trophy. You know, Soonas that was his first trophy. I think Dick, Dick Advocat was the same, you know, he came in, that was his first trophy. Uh, it, it can, I, I know people look at it a bit of your Mickey Mouse cut, but it can give you that entry level into winning trophies and getting players. Cause I think that's what this Rangers team needs. They need to win something together. Because once they know they can do it, then the confidence builds on it and we can kick on and hopefully challenge for the title. So yeah, I think it's vital next week. And if they come away on Sunday night with with the same result as last season, I'll be I'll be fairly gutted.
0: What
2: are your predictions for the next two games, Frankie, at Ross County and, and Hearts? It's got to be another two tough games, obviously. I mean, Ross County always give us a, a tough match up there. I, I can't remember ever winning, winning easily um, in Dingwall. I'm like calling my family, my, my granddad's um, from the, the, the Dingwall area and um, I've got a big soft spot for Ross County, always have done. And it's difficult now they're they're playing the top league alongside us to to separate Rangers and Rose County for me sometimes just because of what it meant to... to my, my, my granddad's brother was the, the groundsman that tore apart for, for decades, actually. so um, But obviously, I'll be supporting Rangers big time on Wednesday and, and, I'm, and I'm keen for us to to go up there and, and get a good result. I mean, it's a it's a cracking wee stadium. The atmosphere is usually always good. There'll be plenty of Dingwall fans, eh, County fans there as, as well. So it, it should be a, a good match and we've got to turn up and we've got to treat it exactly like we, we did the... The game against Porto because it's just as important a match for us. We need to keep winning, and it's as simple as that. And and uh, and and if you drop any points at all, Celtic could take advantage. So we need to maintain momentum. So fingers crossed, we get a good performance and and, and dispatch County on, on Wednesday, and then that will set us up nicely for the the semi final. As Colin said, it's it's key that we, we win that and, and get ourselves into the final because I think the final's on the, the second of December. So if we could get to the final and, and and win the final, doesn't matter who it's against, more likely against Celtic, obviously, then I what a boost that would be for the, the rest of December. Where we've got a lot of big games that month. Um the biggest being Celtic at, at Parkhead on the 29th. And if, if we can win that trophy before them and it's, it really asks serious questions of them. Ask serious questions of the manager. The fans won't be happy at all, and the and the pressure will be all on them. So we really need to to uh, to get a win first and foremost on Wednesday. That's the priority for me still. Um, but we really need to to win both games, and I think we're more than capable. But I think there'll be another two tough physical games. I think Ross County. They're a decent side. Um, they're, they're, they're quite dangerous going forward. that they, they never say never. They never say they never die. Never give up. And uh, that'll be the case on on Wednesday, just like they, they did against Hibs yesterday. So we'll need to be uh, at our best form. And obviously, we, we've seen against Hearts the other week. There, if you didn't play well against Hearts, then you're going to set yourself up for for bother. And and uh, we'll need to to play a lot better than we did at Tyncastle, so that's for sure. So, But I'm confident that the, the players are are, are uh, more than capable of, of winning both these games. I think we'll see some more changes again on Wednesday and then hopefully we'll, that'll set us up to play our, our best team and best 11 on, on Sunday um, against Hearts. So I'm looking forward to another week of, of football and, and the, you know what, the tough games, they just keep coming and that's just how I like it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, well, let's hope for another couple of good results. Um, that's pretty much all time for tonight. Uh, thanks to to Frankie and and Colin for joining me. Um, and as I said at the, at the top of the show, if, if you like what we're doing, please subscribe and share on social media, and it'll, the the podcast will be able to download after the live broadcast finishes. So thanks again, and thanks for listening.